And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, yeah, I gotta kick myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This time, it's part two of a comedy episode of Mr. and Mrs. Blandings, starring Cary Grant and Betsy Drake from 1951. Then it's a wildlife adventure on Mark Trail, starring Matt Crowley from 1950. With me, as always, is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? What's up, Carl? What are you doing? I'm just hanging out. You're hanging? Yeah. Nice studios you bought for us here. Thank you. I Man. feel good about we this We should take place. some more pictures and post them for all of our listeners because sure. these are some incredible digs, Lisa. Well, we can do that. Mike's got a back? fresh haircut, so it's a good reason to do it. Yeah. How much did this set you back? Oh, no. Studios? It was just like a change. You know, a few change. million? Yeah, you know, I don't like to talk shekels. about it. <laughs> I like to keep that stuff private. <laughs> well, last time we began listening to Mr. and Mrs. Blanding's Good Comedy, starring Cary Grant and Betsy Drake. Let's go back to May 5th, 1951. This show is called Working on the Barn. The conclusion now to Mr. and Mrs. Blanding's. So I thought, Mr. Kraft, I'd better call you out on the job. I thought you would. Uh, Sam, you got those figures ready yet? Got them, Mr. Kraft. Uh, here's my estimate. Mm. May I see it? No, no, no. Sam, aren't you a little low on the overhead sprinkler installation? Uh, overhead sprinklers? What are they for? Cuts down your fire insurance. You'll go for that, won't you? Oh, well, yes, I guess so, yeah. Oh, they always do. And uh, <laughs> now about the aluminum stall gates. There will be no aluminum stall gates. Oh, fair enough. Then we can put that money in on the fluorescent lighting. What fluorescent lighting? Mr. Blandings, you can't milk cows in the dark. Oh, you can, but you waste a lot of time fumbling. <laughs> <laughs> now, just a minute, you two. Mr. Kraft, I called you out here to do a simple repair job on a barn. Now, just what is your figure for the job? In round figures, $4,500. Mr. Kraft, I'm afraid we don't understand each other at all. Well, why, you want a good sound barn, don't you? Of course, but... If a thing's worth doing, it's worth doing right, I always say. That's what I always say. Uh, but, Mr. Kraft, $4,500. It isn't the cost, it's the results, I always say. That's what I always say. Well, you may stop saying it right now. Great Scott, at that price, I might as well build a new barn. Exactly. That's just what I was going to say. 
Yes, but the cost... Hardly more than to rebuild. Now, now, for instance, tearing down the old one is a salvage job. I guess that should bring about, uh, oh, 500. Uh, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Oh, you gotta figure everything, I always say. That what you always say, Sam? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I do. Good boy. All right, Mr. Kraft, tell you what we'll do. You tear down the old barn. It's not worth fixing, I guess. And then we'll talk about building a new one. All right, it's a deal. Jim, are those men about through tearing down that barn? They're hauling the last of it away right now. Oh, that's a relief. They've driven over my petunia beds at least a dozen times. Jim, are you sure you're doing the wise thing? What do you mean? Well, this building a new barn, we don't need it. Of course we don't. So why build one? Jim, Mr. Kraft thinks you're going to build a new one. Aha. But I'm a little too smart for Mr. Kraft this time. He stuck me on the bids, but now the shoe is on the other foot. Are you sure? He's awfully clever. Well, don't you think I'm clever? Darling, you're my husband. Well, <laughs> that does not preclude the possibility of my doing something clever once in a while. Here comes Mr. Kraft up the walk now. Watch this. Ah, oh, Mr. Kraft. And Sam. Howdy. All through? Oh, yes. Just hauled the last load out. Uh, hello, Mrs. Blandings. Hello, gentlemen. Now, I guess we ought to talk about the new barn, eh? No time like the present, I always say. Well, Mr. Uh, Kraft... There's more. Now, Sam. That's what I always say. <laughs> now, uh, go ahead, Muriel. You tell him, dear. All right. Mr. Kraft, I have decided not to build the new barn just yet. Not to build it? No. In fact, I may never build it. I didn't say I would, you know. No? So, I guess the only thing we have to do is to settle up on the salvage from the old barn, eh? Guess so. Fine. I believe $500 was the price agreed upon, right? Right. <laughs> oh, this is where you get a surprise, Muriel. It's going to be a present for you. Why, Jim? You don't have to pay me now, Mr. Blandings. I can send you a bill. Oh, I just... <laughs> I pay you? Well, naturally. That's your best offer? Well, you didn't think I was going to pay you to haul that old barn away, did you? You said it would be worth something for salvage. That's why I was only charging you 500 I think you can put it back, Jim. What? The shoe that was on the other foot. <laughs> Have you ever seen that famous statue, The Thinker? Well, at the moment, Jim Blandings is seated in the living room, and he looks as though he were posing for a new statue called The Brooder. Over and over in his mind, he is chewing the words uttered by Mr. Crap. I don't pay you, Blandings. <laughs> you pay me! <laughs> yes, Mr. Blandings is chewing the words, but he's having a very rough time swallowing them. <laughs> Jim... Jim, what's the matter, dear? Cat got your tongue? No, Mr. Kraft has my tongue. My tongue, my wallet, my shoelaces, and my shorts. Jim, it's not that serious. Just pay Mr. Kraft the 500 and drop the matter. Don't keep banging your head against the wall. I am not banging my head against the wall. I'm sitting here quietly and thinking. Oh, and what are you thinking of doing? Banging my head against the wall. 
<laughs> Instead of getting $500, I pay him $500. How could I make such a mistake? Is it possible that I'm that stupid, that idiotic, that... Muriel, I would thank you to stop nodding your head. <laughs> I hadn't realized I was. Well, my 500 is gone, and so is the barn. From now on, we just have to get along without one. Oh, don't worry, dear. If worse comes to worst, we can always sleep in the house like people. I wouldn't build a barn now if they paid me. They won't, dear. Then I won't build one, and that's that. Oh, now, who can that be? It's probably Mr. Dabney from the bank. I forgot to tell you, he called that he was coming over. Mr. Dabney? What did he want? It was something about the barn. He seemed very angry. Coming! Well, hello, Mr. Dabney. Come right in. Good morning. Hello, Mr. Dabney. Mr. Blandings, you tore down our barn. My barn. Mr. Kraft's barn. Mr. Kraft's barn? He just left here 15 minutes ago, dragging his barn behind him. <laughs> Mr. Blandings, our bank has a mortgage on your property. Part of that property was the barn. You had no right to dispose of it without our consent. I did not intend to get rid of it. It became necessary in the process of building a new one. Oh, if you're building a new one, there's no problem. I'm not. You said you were. He was, but he's not, because the money that was isn't. So how can he if there isn't what there was? I, uh... <laughs> I may not be able to repeat that to the board of directors. Well, it's quite simple, Mr. Dabney. I destroyed the barn thinking I might build a new one. I just decided against it. Mr. Blandings, do you remember page 7 of the mortgage, clause 3, paragraph 8, section E, part 5, line 8? Of Amendment 6, Note 12, under Article F. Mr. Dabney, if I stopped long enough to read the mortgage, I wouldn't need to build a house. I could stay at the old lady's home. <laughs> well, you have destroyed property without the bank's consent. I shall be forced to invoke Article F. What is Article F? According to Article F, unless you rebuild the barn immediately, your entire mortgage is due at once. Now, see here, Mr. Dabney. You can't bully and coerce me. I won't be bluffed with a bunch of legal gibberish. I intend to discuss this with my attorney. Please do. I shall. Hello. Circle 49929 in New York, please. I wouldn't build a barn now if half the cows in the country were left out in the rain. Jim never was a milk drinker. <laughs> Hello? Oh, Mr. Cole, please. Bill? Bill, this is Jim. Guess who's here? Mr. Dabney. And you know what he tried to tell me? <laughs> Said I couldn't tear down a barn on my own property because of the mortgage. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. <clears throat> Mr. Dabney? Yes, Mr. Blandings. What color barn would you like? <laughs> Good morning, Mr. Quince. Morning. Take that wheelbarrow up there, George. All right, Mr. Quince. You know, I sort of thought we'd have the cement all poured by this morning. Well, I thought so, too. I thought so, and you thought so, but it ain't. Mm. Well, I guess you have to expect a few delays. I figured you ought to have it finished by tonight. I figure we ought to. By tonight. Good. I figure we ought to, and you figure we ought to, but uh, <clears throat> we ain't. Having trouble. 
What trouble can you have with a foundation? You dig a hole and pour the cement. Exactly what we did. We dug a hole and we poured the cement. Mr. Quince, there is no cement in that hole. That give you an idea of the trouble we got? <laughs> Great Scott, what are you trying to say? Mr. Blandings, our hole has a hole in it. <laughs> well, now, now, that's impossible. I say it's impossible, and you say it's impossible. And so far, we poured three loads down the impossible. <laughs> Must have hit an old well or tunnel. Well, how much more cement will it take? Depends on what's at the other end of that hole. <laughs> oh, hi, Miss Blanding. Good afternoon, Mr. Wretch. Fine crew of carpenters here. Best five in the country. I can tell that. They look very competent sitting there on the lawn. Oh, we can't go any further till the plumber finishes. Well, well where in heaven's name is the plumber? Mr. Blandings, I'm a carpenter. I don't ask the plumber any questions. I don't even look at what he does. Why, if I so much as point my finger at a pipe, I have to pay dues in three more unions. <laughs> Never mind, I'll find him. Mr. Beasley! Uh, Mr. Beasley! Jim, what is it you want? Muriel, have you seen the plumber? The what, dear? The plumber, the man with a friend. Have you seen him? <laughs> Oh, you mean the nice man who offered to fix my faucet? Oh, great balls of fire. You didn't take him off the job for that. But, dear, he offered to do it free. Well, while he's fixing that faucet free, I've got six carpenters waiting. It's costing me $56 an hour. Muriel, get that plumber out to the barn. I can't. Why not? He's gone. Gone where? Where they always go, back to the shop for a washer. <laughs> Hi, Mr. and Mrs. Blandings. Hi, Sam. Where's Mr. Wretch? Oh, oh, he's in town today. I'm taking over. Well, good. How are things going? Oh, about like you'd expect. You know the building game. Nail it together, then wait to see if it falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> Say, uh, Mr. Kraft left with the blueprints. Uh, what do you want I should do with them lintels? What lintels? The lintels between the lally columns. Uh, oh, those lintels. Yeah. Uh, you want I should rabbit them or not? I thought the barn was for cows. Oh, please, Muriel, I'll handle this. Rabbit is a carpenter's term. I I don't think you need to rabbit the lintels. Okay, you're the doctor. Hey, Joe! Jim, why did you say that? You don't even know what he's talking about. Muriel, when you're as experienced as I am at the building game, you realize it's always cheaper to say no than yes. (laughs) Oh. Yes, Sam, what do you want? If you got any of them rabbited lintels set up, rip them out. Okay. There you are, Mr. Blandings. Of course, it'll take two days to put him back up again. Muriel, if I ever open my mouth again, will you do one thing? What's that? Rabbit me right in the lintels. (laughs) Mr. Blandings, you owe us $350 for your completion bond. Mr. Blandings, that 220-volt switch will be another $90. Mr. Blandings, we'll need another 100 for replacing those rabbited lintels. Mr. Blandings, those water troughs will take an extra 200 Mr. Blandings, stop! Gentlemen, I have tried to be patient. I have tried to be understanding. 
But the end has come. The well has run dry. The lamb has been shorn. The screwball is unscrewed. I don't care how fine a barn I have or whether it gets completed or not. All I want is that you go away. All of you. Now. And if I don't see a contractor again for 99 years, it'll seem like the pause that refreshes. <laughs> but, Mr. Blanding. Yes. I just came to tell you the barn is finished. <laughs> Muriel, I'm already showing a profit on the new barn. That's wonderful, dear, but how? I made a deal to print Fly TWA in big letters on the side of the barn. And then in small letters, I'll print to 60 cities in the United States and 20 world centers abroad. But what about the profit? Well, they pay me $240 a year for that. That's very clever, dear. Well, that's just the beginning. With the $240, I'm going into the poultry business. I made a deal to buy 200 chickens and a rooster. Two hundred chickens and a rooster? Yeah. Why, that barn will make us independent. Not half as independent as that rooster. (laughs) Good night, dear. Good night, everyone. Tune in next week, same time, same station, for Mr. and Mrs. Blanding, starring Cary Grant and Betsy Drake. Brought to you by Transworld Airlines. Across the U.S. and overseas, you can depend on TWA. Betsy Drake appears through the courtesy of RKO Pictures and David O. Selznick. Watch for the next Selznick release, Gypsy Blood, starring Jennifer Jones and produced in Technicolor. Mr. Kraft was played by Jim Backus. Also in our cast were Dave Wook, Leo Clary, Ken Christie, Earl Ross, and Earl Lee. Tonight's show is written by Charles Stewart and Mark Lockman, directed by Warren Lewis and transcribed in Hollywood. Don Stanley speaking. And that's Mr. and Mrs. Blandings from May 5th, 1951, Working on the Barn. That stars Cary Grant and Betsy Drake, also in that cast. Jim Backus, who was Thurston Howell III on Gilligan's Island, along with Leo Cleary. David Ross, Ken Christie, Earl Ross, and Earl Lee, sponsored by TWA, is heard on NBC. When we come back from the break, it's Mark Trail. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hey, fans of Classic Radio, Carl Amari here. I've created a free app just for you. Get 10 Classic Radio shows free in the Classic Radio Shows app. Plus, there are many more shows available for in-app purchase. You can get your free Classic Radio Shows app in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. The easiest way to get your free app is to log on to Hollywood360radio.com and scroll down to the Classic Radio Shows app banner and click either the Google link or the Apple link. Don't miss out. Get your free Classic Radio Shows app today. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360 across nearly 200 radio stations coast to coast. We're going to listen now to Mark Trail. This was an adventure series, came to radio in 1950, and was based on the famous comic strip created by Ed Dodd. Matt Crowley starred as Mark Trail, a photojournalist and outdoor magazine writer, 
whose assignments led him into danger and adventure. He fought for law and order, striking fear into the enemies of man and nature. Mark traveled with his girlfriend, Cherry Davis, and their friend, Scotty. Mark's faithful St. Bernard was named Andy. The series was aimed at a younger audience and was heard on Mutual and ABC. It's time now for an episode from October 16, 1950, called The Strange Invitation to Death. It stars Matt Crowley, part one now of Mark Trail. For more punch to lunch, it's Kellogg's Corn Flakes. The original, the flakes more people eat for more punch to lunch. Kellogg's Corn Flakes. And for more thrilling adventures in the great outdoors, it's Mark Trail. Battling the raging elements. Fighting the savage wilderness. Fighting at the enemies of man and nature. One man's name resounds from snow-capped mountains down across the sun-baked plains. Mark Trail. And now, Kellogg's Corn Flakes invite you to share another thrilling adventure with Mark Trail. It is early morning in Radway County in the Midwest. A car speeds along a dusty country road lined with truck farms and occasional patches of woodland. In the front seat, Mark Trail and his burly companion from the Canadian Northwoods, Johnny Mallott, survey the pleasant landscape in silence. Finally, Mark turns to the driver, a young man who stares straight ahead, his lips set in a grim line of determination. Mighty nice country around here, Bill. Yeah. But it's some difference from country where I come from. In Lac Saint Pierre, we have the big tree, the big lake, the big mountains. By God, <laughs> everything she is big. <laughs> uh, just like you, eh, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> Say, Mark, huh? what is the matter with this fellow, eh? He not smile. He not say anything. I go crazy trying to make him talk. I know. Enough's enough. Uh, look here, Bill. Uh, don't you think you'd better spill it? Spill it? You called me yesterday at Lost Forest. Begged me to come down here right away, and now you're about as talkative as a clam. Oh, I'm sorry, fellas. It's just that there's been so much trouble. Take a look at these farms we're passing. A, a good look. Ah, the fields. They not look like they grow much crops. No, they don't. And this is the best farming country in the whole state. What's happened? It's the deer. They're all over the county, ruining everything. Ho, ho, ho. That is all. Ho, that is no problem. Well, the farmers are the problem, Johnny. They're planning to hunt the deer, wipe them out. It'll be a regular slaughter. Well, you cannot blame them if the deer ruin the crops. That's no excuse for wholesale killings, Johnny. The deer should be rounded up instead and shipped somewhere else. That's why I called you, Mark. I want you to do something. Somebody shoot at us. Bill said, hang on, Johnny. Mother of a moose, we're going to crash. Not if I can help it. Burn the brakes. Grab the wheel. That tree, she's going to hit us. Brace yourself. Boy, that was close. Sacrable. I think the car, she's going to climb the tree. Hey, where are you going, Johnny? You stay here, Mark. Take care of Bill. I think I see a man who shoot at us back there. I can't see him. Okay, Johnny, but hurry back. We'll have to get Bill to a doctor. No, no, no. It's, it's okay. Just winged in the shoulder. Let me have a look. It's just a crease. Yes, it isn't serious. Get you home and call a doctor anyway, though. Who fired the shot? Did you see anybody? Johnny's going to have a look. But who? Who would want to take a shot at me? Good job. I'm clumsy like one cow. No luck, Johnny? No, the man, he disappeared in woods. He got away from me. Did you get a look at him? I not see him good, but he wear funny brown hat. By God. I, Johnny Malat, will make that fellow eat this funny hat if ever I find him. That's the first portion of Mark Trail. More after these words. 
Hey, fans of Classic Radio, Carl Amari here. I've created a free app just for you. Get 10 Classic Radio shows free in the Classic Radio Shows app. Plus, there are many more shows available for in-app purchase. You can get your free Classic Radio Shows app in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. The easiest way to get your free app is to log on to Hollywood360radio.com and scroll down to the Classic Radio Shows app banner and click either the Google link or the Apple link. Don't miss out. Get your free Classic Radio Shows app today. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now let's get back to Mark Trail. Ah, what'd the doctor have to say, Bill? It's just a scratch, Dad. Nothing to worry about. I don't like this, Bill. And I'm going to say so right in front of your friends here. I don't like this at all. Nobody likes being shot at, Commissioner Higgins. Oh, but uh, bullets are not healthy. That's not what I mean. What are you getting at, Dad? Well, you were wrong, son, in taking things into your own hands like this. Calling in Trail here was a mistake. Oh, no offense, man, Trail, but the farmers around here don't like outsiders. But these farmers are killing deer illegally, Commissioner. Oh, bosh, I don't think any deer have been shot. Sure, the farmers fire their guns to scare them off, well, but Jeb they... Fleming shot one the other day. I saw him. Well, what of it? Those pesky deer have ruined most of Jeb's melons. And if he doesn't stop them, he won't have anything left to market. But there's no reason to kill the deer, Dad. Mark can handle this another way. That's right, Commissioner. Mr. Trail, I think the best thing for you to do is to leave. Sorry, Bill, wasted so much of your time bringing you up here, but I... God, Mark, this fellow, he's handing us walking papers, eh? I'm sorry you feel this way, Commissioner. But I'm going to stay right here and try to persuade the farmers not to kill the deer wantonly. Okay, Trail, have it your own way. But if anyone else gets hurt, I'll hold you responsible. Say, Dad, isn't that Jeb Fleming's car that just drove up? Oh, yeah, so it is. I'll let him out. Mark! Mark, that fellow, get in out of car. Look out the window, quick. What's the matter, Johnny? Look at that funny act. My God. He's the polecat who shoot at us. Arriving in Radway County in answer to a frantic call for help from young Bill Higgins... Mark Trail and Johnny Mallott learn that a herd of deer has been ravaging the countryside, destroying the crops of the local truck farms. Driving to Bill's home to meet his father, a rifle shot crashed through the car window, injuring Bill. But now, as one of the local farmers appears at the Higgins home, Johnny Mallott makes a startling announcement. By God, I have seen that hat before. The man who wear him, he's the man who shoot at us. Johnny, are you sure? I'm sure like I know this son come up tomorrow. But, but that's Jeb Fleming. Why would he want to shoot me? Hello, Jeb. Come on in. Thank you, Commissioner. I won't take up much of your time. Just got a little favor to ask, Cuck. Oh, I see you got company. Maybe I better come back later. Oh, no, my friend. You stay here. Easy, Johnny. Easy. Hey, what is this? What's going on? I'll show him. Get your hands off on me. You're not shoot that friend of Johnny Malat and get away with it. What are you talking about? Johnny saw you this afternoon, Fleming. After you shot Bill. Shot Bill? Well, I never shot nobody. That's a lie. Of course it is. Jeb here is a friend of the family. Well, Johnny doesn't make many mistakes. Did you use your gun at all today, Fleming? What? Yes, I shot at a deer and missed him. And then I took out after him to chase him off. That's what it was, Mark. We were on the road bordering Jeb's north meadow and I was hit. Well, that could explain it all right. The shot went wild or ricocheted. I'm mighty sorry, Bill. I had no idea that shot hit anybody. You hurt bad? Oh, no, no. It just nicked me in the shoulder. Well, I reckon that clears up the shooting mystery. Now, Jeb, what about that favor you mentioned? Well, it's like this, Commissioner. 
I've been talking to some of the farmers hereabouts who are in the same boat as I am. And we're all agreed about one thing. Now, what's that, Jeb? We want to run down all the deer in this here county and shoot them. I can't say I blame you, Jeb, but what do you want me to do? Well, we'd just like you to get us permission to do it. Well... Commissioner, you can't do it. Look, trail eats deer are ruining the farmers and destroying food that was raised to feed people. What's more important? Naturally, any conservation man will tell you that feeding the people of our country is our first concern. Why, that's the whole purpose of conservation. All right, then, what are you objecting to? I'm objecting to shooting down the deer before we have a chance to try a better method. Well, us farmers will be ruined in another week if we don't kill off them deer. Fleming, I have another plan. I can get rid of those deer for you in a much easier way. Yeah, Jeb, you see Trail here. Thanks I don't care what Trail thinks. Let him try his way if he wants to. But our minds are made up. And if you try to stop us, Trail, look out. Because we ain't going to let ourselves be stopped. By you or nobody. Uh, tell me, Bill, how does it happen your father's farm hasn't been damaged by the deer? Yes, crops on your farm, they look good. Why did they not eat them? Well, all our fences are electrically wired. Oh, no wonder. That's the surest way to keep them out. All our melons will be ripe for market in a few days, and it looks like we'll get top prices for them. That is right. All these other farms we visit, they not have much crops left to sell. Whose farm is that on the left, Bill? That's the Thorpe place. Oh, there's George Thorpe working that field over there. Well, let's stop a minute. Okay. Hey, this place is in much better shape than others. Almost as good as your father's did. Yes, that field of melons hasn't been touched. Come on, let's have a talk with Thorpe. Maybe he'll be more willing to cooperate than the others. Well, I doubt it, but it won't hurt to try. Hello, Mr. Thorpe. Hey, you not look like he's very glad to see you, Bill. Yeah, he seems mad about something. I don't blame him. Look at that field of cabbages. Sacrable. Last time I see something like this is when two big buck deer have a fight. Looks like you're having some trouble, Mr. Thorpe. Trouble? Them blessed deer, they did it. Oh, I see. Uh, uh, Mr. Thorpe, this is Mark Trail and Johnny Malott. Hello, Mr. Thorpe. Glad to meet you. Trail, eh? Oh, you're the conservation fellow, ain't you? Jeb Fleming told me about you. Oh, oh, oh. he probably not tell you anything good. Now, look, Mr. Thorpe, Oh, you, you look, Trail, look good and hard at what's left of my cabbages. I see what's happened to him. So right? don't give me any of that blasted talk about saving the deer, not me. I understand how you feel, Jeb Mr. Jeff Fleming here's got the right idea. The only way we can get shed of those deer is to kill every blasted one of them. Well, Mr. Thorpe, all Mark asks is that you try his plan first. Hey, Mark. Oh, yes. Somebody shoot him. Look, over there near the woods. Three does. They're being chased by a group of men. Hey. Jeb Fleming in the lead. Oh, the deer, they run faster. They get that way. No, they won't, Johnny. They're headed for the fences. They'll be trapped. Come on, before the deer are slaughtered. <laughs> Hold your fire there. Wait, don't shoot. Hey, Mark, what do you do? You can't hold those men off without a gun. That's just what I'm counting on, Bill. I don't think they'll fire on an unarmed man. But they're mad. You're taking an awful chance. Billy's right, Mark. Wait, men. Leave the deer alone. Don't pay no attention to him, fellas. We got a right to shoot them deer. Sure you have, Jeff. Go ahead. Man, listen to me. There's no reason to kill these deer. Huh? Did you hear what he said, fellas? Our crops are being ruined, and he tells us we ain't got no reason. But you have Don't listen to him anymore. Go on. Cut him down, boys. You can't miss. Oh, no, you don't. What's he doing now? Come on. Mark, where are you going? Come back Such here. job. He'd jump over a fence and stand right in front of deer. All right, go ahead. Start blasting. Get away from them deer trail. Or so help me, I'll plug you. I'm not moving, Jeff. All right. You asked for it. Go ahead, Jeff. I'm waiting. All right. One. 
two. Well, Jack, blast your hide. Come on, man, grab him and throw him over the fence. Oh, now you're not getting me out of this. You have to throw me over the fence, too. Good boy, Johnny. Come on, fellas, let's get him. Hey, now, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. What's the matter, Thorpe? Well, now, let's, let's not lose our tempers now. Maybe we'd better listen to Trey. What? You change your tune awful fast, Thorpe. What's the water for him? Took plenty of nerve for Trey to stand up to all of you. Fellow with that much nerve ought to know what he's talking about. Win that fight. Don't ask for trouble, Johnny. What do you say, Jeb? Let's give him a chance. Well, okay. Say your peace, Trail, but make it short. All right, Plummy, thanks. Make it short. Listen, men. There's a simpler way to get rid of the deer than killing them. And how do you figure on doing it? Deer are creatures of habit. They'd sooner starve than migrate. Marky tribe. The deer, he will stay put like no other animal. So if you'll give me a little time and some help, we can round up all the deer in this valley, and I'll transport them 20 miles into the forest for the next county, and you'll never see them again. Uh, maybe you can, Trail, but uh, what happens to our crops while they're being rounded up? Yeah, what's to keep the deer from ruining what's left? Well, I know most of you can't afford electric fences. And anyway, there isn't time to put them up. I'll say there ain't. But uh, scarecrows help some. And the deer can be frightened off by firing shots into the air. Oh, them things don't work, Trail. We've tried them so many times, the deer's gotten used to them. All right, then. Try mothball. Mothball? <laughs> listen, listen. It's not as silly as it sounds. It proved to be a pretty effective method in some places. What do we do with them? Put them on the deer's tail? <laughs> listen. Tie the mothballs on your low fences. Two or three every few feet. Sure, the deer. They're not like the smell. They will stay away. Uh, sounds crazy to me. Now, look, man. Why don't we give Trail 48 hours to show what he can do? Yeah. No more than that. Well, okay, then. Well, where are you going to corral them deer when you round them up, Trail? Now, what about that big meadow of yours, Fleming? The one that isn't planted. Oh, sure, huh? Jeb. That's a good place. It has a high fence and plenty of grass and foliage for the deer to eat. Yeah, what about it, Jeb? Well, all right. Good. But listen, Trail, this plan of yours better work. It'll work all right. We'll give you 48 hours. Then, if the deer ain't all rounded up in that time, we'll get rid of them our own way. And maybe, maybe we'll get rid of you, too. Oh, that is good work, Mark. You'll not show him fine. Uh, let's get into the corral, Johnny. Hey, Mark, this deer, he is last one, eh? I think so, Johnny. But from the crop damage we saw, I thought we'd find three times as many deer as we have. My God, Mark, I think that buck fight in Thorpe's field. Ooh, what about it, Mark? From the way the field was plowed up, Johnny, looked like a real weaning of a fight, didn't it? Sure. I'm surprised we'd not find one dead deer there. But uh, I examined all the bucks we rounded up. Not one of them has a mark on him. Why we not ask Bill Higgins? Maybe he knows something. Well, Bill's on guard at the corral. As soon as we get this last deer in, we'll have a talk with him. <laughs> Okay, Johnny, open the corral gate. Let's get this fellow out of the way. Okay, Mark. In you go, boy. Hey, Mark. Hmm? I thought you say Billy's on guard here. I'm not seeing. It's getting too dark to see. He must be around somewhere. Bill! Hey, Bill! Hey, hey, listen. What that noise? Over this way, Johnny, quick. Yeah. Mark, it is Bill. He's on guard. What happened here? Get some water, Johnny, from that pail. Shooting, Mark. Splash some in his face. We'll bring him to. Okay. 
stone. Hey, I didn't tell oh. you to drown him. Bill. Bill, you all right? I... I, I guess so. Oh. oh, my head. Oh, you got lump like goose's egg. Who do this to you? I don't know. All I remember is that I was standing at the corral gate when suddenly, wham, everything went black. Johnny, look at that fence down there. My God, there is big oil in it. Hey, he's a deer. No use looking for them, Bill. No, this is the last straw trail. First Bill gets shot and then he gets slugged. And now, with what's happened to the deer, we'll be the laughing stock of the county. So the people laugh. He's good for them. Commissioner, it seems to me that you're more worried about losing votes than you are about your neighbor's crop. I don't care what it seems like to you, Trail. You're through here. Now, wait a minute, Commissioner. I've waited too long as it is. Jeb Fleming was right in the first place. I'm going to see that the farmers get permission to shoot those deer. No, no, you can't do that, Dad. We can round them up again tomorrow. Now, listen here, Bill. I'm paying you to manage this farm for me and not to run around chasing deer. Well, sure, Dad, I know, but... I refuse to let you go out with Trail. Wasted enough time with him. Now, you tend to business. All of our melons have got to be picked and sent to market by tomorrow. Tomorrow? You work a crew of men all night if you have to. But what's the rush? Thorpe's melons will be ready for picking any day now, and I want to beat them to the market. Oh, so that's it. Of course. First ones, then bring the highest price. So you tend to business from now on. Mark and I will help you, Bill. That won't be necessary, my lord. There's a train leaving at midnight, and I'd suggest that you and Trail be on it. Dad, Mark and Johnny are my guests. Your uh, father's right, Bill. I'm only making things difficult for both of you by staying here. Hey, Mark, since when you quit job before it is finished, eh? I know when I'm licked, Johnny. We'll be on that train. <laughs> Oh, Mark, we fool everybody. They think we go on train. Exactly what I want them to think, Johnny. So, where do we go now, Mark? We stop right here. Here? What do we do here? Wait. Watch that field on our right. Oh, no, we don't, Mark. Hmm? Johnny Malati, strongest man in North Woods, but he not sit on the hornet's nest. Hmm? Hey, you're right. There is a nest up there. Well, come on. We'll move farther away from it and bring the camp. Okay. But how long will we stay here, Mark? I don't know, Johnny. All night, maybe. We'll have to be ready for trouble every minute. Uh, oh, oh, Mark. <laughs> I fall asleep sitting up. What time it is? Oh, it's about, about three o'clock, Johnny. Uh, you think maybe we'll make a mistake? Johnny, listen. Mark. Four men. They go in melon field. Yes. And take a look at those clubs they're carrying, Johnny. Yeah, what they do? Unless I miss my guess, they're going to smash those melons in Thorpe's field. Oh, they make it look like work of deer. Right? We'll see. All right, boys, get to work. Don't make any more noise than you have to. Okay. And don't pull any more boners like you did this afternoon. Now, I told you we didn't see it was Bill until after we hit him. All right, get to work. I'll get a picture of this. Be all the evidence we need. Sure, Mark, but be careful. You'll see the flash, but that can't be helped. Hey, what was that flash? I was just taking a picture, Commissioner. Right. Mark, is the Commissioner Bill's father? Yes, with some of his hired hands doing the dirty work. Hey, Mark, you not think Bill is mixed up in this? No, no, no. I'm sure he doesn't know anything about it, Johnny. Come on, after him, boys. And use those clubs. Uh-oh. Looks like we're in for it, Johnny. It's not much good against big clubs, but that's right. Smash that camera. Master Hedgen. 
Wipe them out and we'll all go to jail. Discovered in a neighbor's field, destroying his melon crop, Commissioner Higgins and his men advance on Mark and Johnny with upraised clubs, intent on cold-blooded murder. Come on, man! Get him or we'll all go to jail! Come on, Mark. We'll give this field rats one good fight. Hold it, Johnny. Back away toward that tree. Johnny, well, that does not run from rats. You will be running in a minute. I've got an idea. And this is it! Mark, the hornet's nest! Exactly! You throw hornet's nest on them! No. I thought the hornets are mad enough. Help! Help! Get these things off of me! You keep back, Johnny! Sure, Mark! Johnny, well, that's too smart for the big fight with hornets! Get out of here! Run! Run for the raiders! Oh, there they go, Mark! <laughs> they dropped their club and run! Help me! Hey, there's the commissioner. They left him behind. They're killing me! Okay, Johnny, I guess he's had enough. Let's get him to the sheriff. Well, Bill, that's the story. I'm sorry things turned out this way. Well, to be truthful, Mark, I didn't believe a word of it until Dad confessed. Then... Bill, why your father do this thing? Oh, he needed money for his election campaign, Johnny, so I guess he set up this scheme to draw higher prices of the market. Well, it seemed like a foolproof idea. Yes, but I'm going to make everything right with the farmers, Mark. Oh, how do you mean? They'll each get a share of this farm's profits until all the debts are paid. By God, Bill, you are an honest man just like Mark say. But there's still one thing I don't understand, Mark. What's that? How did you come to suspect Dad? And how did you know he'd strike at Thorpe's Field next? Well, I figured someone had to be giving the deer a helping hand. And then when your father showed so much concern about Thorpe beating him to market with his melons, I... Well, I just added two and two. And it added up the right way. Four people, your father and three men who work for him. To say nothing of our, uh, of our allies. Allies? <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> Did you not see faces of men and of your father? <laughs> well, yes, but I thought that all happened in the fight to capture them. Not at all, Bill. It happened in a fight with a swarm of hornets. Hornets? Yes, by God. Mark, he play ball with hornets' nest. <laughs> so hornets, they play ball with us. <laughs> hey, come on, Mark. Hurry up with that telephone call or we miss train. Take it easy, Johnny. The operator's just getting through. Hello? Hello, Scotty. This is Mark. I'm just calling to tell you we're on our way back home and... Oh, yes, we're leaving right now. Huh? What's the hurry? Oh. Okay, Scotty. If he calls again, tell him we'll be back by tomorrow. So long. Hey, young Scotty, he miss you. Hey, Mark, he want you home fast as the wind. It's more than that. Someone's been calling Lost Force for the past two days asking for me. Uh-oh, she sounds like trouble. Yes. The man didn't give any details, Johnny. Just spoke of vampires. On Wednesday, Mark returns to Lost Forest to speak to the mysterious caller personally. It learns just enough to send him rushing out to the Western Plains to investigate the strange mystery of the Wings of the Vampire. Tune in, same time, same station on Wednesday, and find out what happens to... Mark Battling the raging elements... Fighting the savage wilderness. Striking at the enemies of man and nature. One man's name resounds from snow-capped mountains down across the sun-baked plains. Mark Hale! 
Remember to tune in then on Wednesday when Mark Trail will again be brought to you by Kellogg's Corn Flakes, the cereal that helps give you more punch till lunch. This program is entirely fictitious. The resemblance of any name, personality, or incident to an actual person or event is merely coincidental. This program came from New York. Mark Trail by Ed Dodd also appears in the comics of many of America's leading newspapers. Look for it daily and in weekend editions. Matt Crowley portrays Mark Trail. Today's Mark Trail was written by Gilbert Braun, directed by Drex Hines. Jackson Beck speaking. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. And that's Mark Trail from October 16, 1950, with a strange invitation to death starring Matt Crowley. We are Jackson back doing the announcing on that, sponsored by Kellogg's Corn Flakes at Sardon Mutual. Every once in a while, I'll have some Kellogg's Corn Flakes for breakfast. You keep those around the house? Yeah, with some uh, some milk. I'm not a yeah. cereal kind of no? girl. No, Mike, yeah. you like some Kellogg's Corn Flakes once in a while? Yeah, um, pretty good. I guess once in a great while. Yeah, they're pretty good, actually. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, this is Carl Amari. I've started the Classic Radio Club, where each month you'll receive 10 of the greatest shows of all time on five CDs in a collector case. Join now and receive your first five-CD collection of 10 classic radio shows, regularly priced at $39.95 for only $4.99. Each month I'll hand-select 10 more of the greatest classic radio shows of all time from my library of 100,000 shows and send them to you on five CDs. And I promise they'll be superior sound quality and you'll never receive a duplicate show. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com and we'll rush you your first five-CD collection with ten of the greatest classic radio shows of all time for only $4.99. Your first collection will feature Abbott and Costello, Sam Spade, Dimension X, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Gunsmoke, Have Gun Will Travel, Inner Sanctum, Jack Benny, and Suspense. You're going to love the Classic Radio Club. Learn how to join at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Hey, before we say bye-bye till next time, I want to remind all of our listeners about our Classic Radio Club. You've probably heard some radio ads about it. It's a really fun club that you could join. And when you do, you get 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time on five CDs in a collector case. Join now. Receive your first five-CD collection of 10 classic radio shows regularly priced at $39.95 for only $4.99, plus shipping and handling. Now, each month, I'll hand-select 10 more of the greatest classic radio shows of all time from my library of 100,000 shows. Send them to you on five CDs, and I promise they'll be the best quality you've ever heard, and you'll never receive a duplicate show. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. We'll rush you your first five CD collection with 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time for only $4.99. Your first collection will feature Abbott and Costello, including The Who's on First, Sam Spade, Dimension X, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Gunsmoke, Have Gun, Will Travel, 
Inner Sanctum, Jack Benny, and Suspense. You are going to love the Classic Radio Club. Lisa joined it, right, Lisa? I did. Yeah, you're going to get these five CDs sent to you every single month. And I look forward to it each month. It's kind of like a little surprise yeah, that shows comes up in, in the my mail. door. Yeah, plus I've written liner notes for these things. There's all kinds of fun things that will come to your door, like you said. It's fun to get a surprise sent I like here. presents. Yeah, and for the four ninety nine, you pay for the yeah, first time. Can't beat it. Now, after that, it's fourteen ninety nine. It's 10 dollars more every month but this is a 39.95 value that you're getting each month for only 14.99 it's really hours and hours of enjoyment it is for a very low price it really really is join the classic radio club go to classicradioclub.com that's classicradioclub.com all right next time van johnson stars in the general electric theater from 1951 then shelly winters makes a special guest appearance on Duffy's Tavern. That's next time here on Hollywood 360. We'll see you then.